0: Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here on a Saturday afternoon after witnessing something you don't see very often. A 30-point win over Michigan State in East Lansing. A good old-fashioned butt-whipping, the sort that the fans of Michigan State haven't seen at home. I guess there weren't weren't any fans there today to to witness it. Uh, They have not seen a loss like that at home in the 26 seasons under Tom Izzo. That's his worst home loss in 26 years. And that is, uh, that's fun to have inflicted that on him after all the pain that Iza has inflicted on the Hawkeyes over the years. Just a uh, a beatdown of a game. And, you know, Iowa comes out to a, a lead. You know, it was a little back and forth there for a while, but I think Iowa was up 23 13, 26 13, just on fire from three point land. Shot the lights out from the beginning, and then never really let up. A 19-point lead at the half, Iowa up 46 to 27, and then outscored Michigan State by 11 in the second half, on route to an 88 to 58 win for the Hawkeyes. Uh, I, I believe just like their fourth win in the Breslin Center, um, which opened in 1990. So, a great feeling a bad Michigan State team or at least not a good Michigan State team. I guess at this point a historically bad team, certainly compared to where they typically are and what their expectations are year in and year out. But that still does that doesn't mean we shouldn't celebrate celebrate wins like this. You know by Indiana this year so <laughs> to complete a sweep of Michigan State is fun uh especially following up you know a, a sweep of Rutgers in a game that really kind of felt like after that losing four out of five really felt like that Rutgers game was a, a turning point and then this was kind of a, a a picking up of momentum going into um what looks to be a pretty brutal stretch to finish the regular season here and try to play your way into a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament and get that double bye. See how you know high up you can creep in those standings, and then ultimately, the goal is to get a good seed in the NCAA tournament, not have to play a a you know team seated higher than you on the in that first week. Get to the Sweet Sixteen. That's kind of the baseline goal at this point. We want more than that. Some of us expect more than that, but. That's the bare minimum of what this team needs to do, and uh, they're putting themselves in a good position to do that. We saw today the NCAA put out their top 16 seeds. If the tournament were to begin today, this is the committee putting out who they would seed those top four seeds uh, in each bracket, and Iowa is 13th according to them right now. So the top four seed is where they slotted the Hawkeyes. Due to some weird rules, uh, when they laid things out, Iowa ultimately was in the Gonzaga bracket. And you remember earlier this year, the NCAA said this will be a true snake uh, bracket format. You know, they the the top one seed will play the worst two seed, or have them in their in their region. Um, but apparently, there are some rules that kind of supersede that as well. You know, typically in a normal year, they would factor in geography and things like that. Obviously, after every game being in Indianapolis or or thereabouts. Um, You don't have to factor that in as much, but I guess there are some things. Brendan Stiles, I saw on Twitter talking about with four Big Ten teams in the top four seeds, they have to separate them uh, into each bracket, and so Iowa just kind of got the short straw there. You know, this isn't what the bracket's going to look like in four weeks or whenever it is that it's it's released. So, you know, don't need to wring your hands too much about that stuff. But good to see Iowa in that top. Uh, four as the top four seed and, and obviously some room then to move up here um, and, and some opportunities to do so coming up in this in the uh, in the schedule we'll get to that a little bit later first want to kind of look through the box score and, and talk about uh, what happened in this just beat down I'm just going to keep saying it: just an absolute butt whipping of Michigan State I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal Joe Wieskamp is in his zone. He's playing uh, the best basketball he's played uh, several games in a row now. He is uh, He's looked really good. He was the best player in that game against Rutgers, 26 points and 10 rebounds there, and was the best player on the court again today. 21 points, 7 rebounds for him, 3 assists, and more than anything, it's just the efficiency with which he's shooting the ball. He was 5 of 7 from 3-point range today, 7 of 13 from the field. And, you know, just, again, from the beginning, was hot, played well, and then kept it going in the in the second half. You know, we had seen a game or two where he had a big first half and kind of disappeared in the second half. That hasn't happened these last two games. He stayed aggressive. Uh, he's continued to, uh, to score and, and to go to the basket and to take threes. And he's shooting well right now. He's seeing everything. Um, he's certainly feeling it. And it's really, really fun to see him. See him play this well. You worry, I guess, a little bit, you know, does this now propel him? You're, You're seeing national writers starting to really talk him up. John Rothstein just tweeted that, you know, he's one of the elite bigs or one of the elite wings, rather in college basketball. Uh, He's going to start getting a little more attention from NBA scouts and NBA teams. uh, If he continues to play like this. And, and if I was going to get to where we hope they can get to, he's going to need to continue to play like this. So, you know, we're all in on this year as it is. And we, we've liked what we've seen from the future, uh, you know, in the minutes that these guys are playing, but Joe Wieskamp's going to, if he's going to be an NBA player next year, he's going to put up more games like this and, I was going to win a lot of those games because when he's playing this well, uh, they're really, really good. Especially uh, when he's when you pair that with a decent game from Garza and Bohannon, uh, which they did against Rutgers. Less so, less so today. Right? Just eight points, three of eleven from the field, two of seven from the free throw line. That's inexcusable. Eight rebounds for him, three assists uh but he's he's just been off his his aim has been off a little bit a lot of uh a lot of you know real under the hoop bunny shots that I don't want to say are easy because most guys couldn't even get to the position where they could put up the shot but shots that we've come to expect Luka Garza to make and he hasn't been hitting those lately he's he's just his aim has just been a little bit off from 3 he's been off and and uh, had better games from the free throw lines recently but tonight was was bad again and so just eight points from him but you get eight points from luca garza and you beat michigan state by 30 you feel pretty good about that jordan bohannon didn't shoot it great one of five from the field that's that's his line from three-point land as well did have four assists and and hit three free throws but again didn't need him to do a whole lot more than that um because joe Camp was good because Connor mccaffrey Uh, had his best offensive game, and it's got to be since high school, right? Uh, Four of six from three for Connor, six of eight from the field, 16 points. Uh, He shot it well all day long and and really hopefully is gaining some confidence in that shot or at least putting something on film to make teams respect his shot and guard him a little closer, get out of the lane a little bit, spread the defense uh, even more than it already has to be spread. Jack Nunji, speaking of guys who played their best game in a Hawkeye uniform, I'm not sure, you know, he's, he's played so many games and so many non-conference games and he's been such a big impact in a lot of, a lot of games. I don't know if 18 is a career high, I would guess it is, uh, but 18 and 11 from Jack Nungy, 7 of 11 from the field. Uh, he six assists add to that plus a block. I mean, Jack Nunji was everywhere and needed to be with Luka Garza, not playing great. And again, you want to talk about the future. Um, it's going to suck to not have Luka Garza next year, or most likely not have Luka Garza next year. But Jack Nunji is a very, very capable, uh, big 10, big man. And, uh, and he's just getting better and better. And so he had a great game and that was a lot of fun to watch outside of him. From the bench, I mean, a lot of bench guys got minutes. That's what happens in a blowout. Not a ton of scoring. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey had a couple of really nice shots, really kind of interesting shots. He's got a typical game, but it's fun to watch. He had five rebounds also, an assist and a steal, um, and, and he played well and played a lot. Uh, Joe Toussaint I thought played pretty well he only took two shots made one of them but had four assists and was a little more in control than he has been the last couple of games his connection with Patrick McCaffrey they've got a connection there uh, where when Joe finds him it's usually in a really good spot for Patrick to score um, oh, they, they took that three away from Austin Ash and just gave him a two that's too bad that was fun to see him do that Tony Perkins played, played a good amount just had one point uh, from the free throw line So not a lot of production off the bench other than Jack Nunji playing great, Patrick McCaffrey playing very, very well as well. And then Keegan Murray, uh, who was a starter um, in place of C.J. Frederick, I think the fourth game out of the last six or so that uh, Keegan has been in that role. He had eight points. He played well. He looked good. He just shot three shots but made all of them, had three rebounds, um, had four fouls and so didn't have as many minutes you know in the second half as, as he normally would have but he played well he looked good he looks comfortable in that starting role had a really nice hustle play um, at one point to to save the ball and and I think hit a three maybe right after that, Uh, hit a couple of threes uh, in the first half, did Keegan. So good to see him play that way. And, yeah, I've gotten to this point in the podcast and didn't mention the thing that just before the game I think we were all very worried about, I certainly was, C.J. Frederick didn't play today. Uh, he said after the game Wednesday against Rutgers that that was as good as he had felt. Fran McCaffrey at one point kind of said, uh, let's let him sleep on it before we you know, put too much stock into what he's saying right now. They had just had a nice win that he was a, a big part of. Um, obviously just didn't have it today, and, and if it is plantar fasciitis, which a lot of people are, are guessing it is, uh, regardless of what it is, Fran has said it's going to be day-to-day, and it's not as much a is he injured as a how does he feel today they're going to be daisy wakes up and he doesn't feel good daisy wakes up and he feels fine i'm not sure not playing now gets him more ready for march if that were the case i think they would probably just sit him down for a week or two here and get him ready for the the stretch run but it doesn't seem like that's the case so it's i think it's literally just going to be a he wakes up today and he, he feels it he wakes up today and he doesn't feel it Will that be an issue come tournament time? Probably so, right? In the Big Ten tournament, you're going to be talking about playing back-to-back games. In the NCAA tournament, you're going to have a day off between games and then just a couple of, you know, a few days before the next round, hopefully the next round. And so – it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a lingering thing. Even though he wasn't needed today, he will be needed. CJ Frederick is a very good player and, and one of the better players on this team. There's a reason he's in the starting lineup, even when he's at, you know, 70, 80%. Uh, it's because of, of all the ways he impacts these this team and, and these games. And so. Um, too bad that, that he wasn't able to play. And you wonder if some of Garza's issues are are being tired as well. You wonder if fatigue is, is kind of playing a role here. Because I was played a lot of games in the last couple of weeks. And uh, now they get a, a little bit of a break here. A little bit of a stretch uh, where they don't have a whole lot. But they, they played, what, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. And now they don't play until Thursday. Then they turn around they they do play Penn State on Sunday. Um, but then have a a whole week off. I would expect that Nebraska game that was postponed and hasn't been uh, made up yet. I would expect that game to be slotted into that week between Penn state and Ohio state, the the 21st and the 28th, because I think Nebraska has, if not that entire week off a good chunk of that week off as well. Um, but we will see that that hasn't been rescheduled as of, as of yet. Um, I guess they do play on the 24th, Nebraska does, so it'll probably have to be later that week. It'll be interesting to see how they how they try to fit that in. Uh, but this is a, a big stretch coming up for, for Iowa, and again, we'll get to that uh, in a little more in-depth in just a second. Just want to look through the uh, the team stats here. Iowa shot almost 50% from the field, uh, 52% from three, 13 of 25. Uh, that's fantastic. 11 of 19 from the free throw line, not good, not good enough, uh, but... You know, hard to complain when you beat a team by 30. Out-rebounded them by 9. Um, 24 assists on 32 made shots for for the Hawkeyes. That's that's a good number And just five turnovers. That's a great number. That's where you want Iowa to be. Just a really well-played overall game today. And then played well on defense. I mean, you know, held Michigan State to just 58 points, and part of it was their bad shooting, but part of it was good defense from Iowa. demoralizing yeah, them by just kicking the crap out of them. So Iowa improves to nine and five in the Big Ten. That is a a tie with Wisconsin, who Iowa plays on Thursday. Has two games against here before the end of the season. Um, that's a what a game and a half or so back from eleven and four Ohio State. Illinois is at ten and three, and Michigan still at eight and one. Although they are uh, getting ready to get back on the court, it'll be interesting to see what the Big Ten does with their schedule. I saw over the, the last week. They would need to play 11 games in 22 days to make up uh, the, the games that they had missed to get to a 20-game conference season. They're not going to be asked to do that. Should they? Maybe. Um, but I, I don't see the Big Ten doing that. Uh, now, the Big Ten is making Nebraska play eight games in 14 days. So I do think Michigan will have a tough schedule. I just don't think they'll be able to make up all of the games they missed. Um, but hopefully, you know, for us, that tough schedule means that uh, they run into some teams that that beat them. Uh, we have a chance to beat them and uh, and can crawl back up into into you know, at the very least, that top four in the in the Big Ten. I think that should be kind of our baseline goal right now is is get a top four seed and get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament, uh, and then you know, win a game there, which doesn't seem like it's as easy as that's easier said than done, or at least it has been in the 11 years under Fran McCaffrey. Um, Although that, you know, probably would have won a game last year. I keep thinking about that. You know, they mentioned on the broadcast, like Fran McCaffrey has been to four NCAA tournaments. And I was thinking, man, four and 10, that's just not that good. And it's not great. You know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's it's unacceptable. Well, (laughs) it's not great, but they also should, there also should have been a fifth. Um, now i'm sure somebody's yelling at me saying well the losing in the playing game shouldn't count either so maybe it all evens out that it really is four. but um i you know hopefully would have won a big 10 tournament game last season uh and and advanced at least a round or two in the ncaa tournament of course we didn't get that opportunity looking at the schedule here thursday night at wisconsin big game real big game um would be really nice to, you know, again, we're tied with Wisconsin now in the Big Ten uh, for that fourth spot. So if, if that's where your goal is, you, you need to at least split with Wisconsin, but it'd be nice to sweep them, obviously. Um, that, that's a big one. Then Sunday, a week from tomorrow, home against Penn State. You feel pretty good about that game, although uh, as Illinois showed us last night against Nebraska, uh, where they ended up winning, but it went to overtime and had to get some big play by AO. Um, you know no game is should be taken for granted here in the Big Ten, but Iowa Sunday against Penn State. then a week from then, again, maybe there is a uh, a Nebraska game in there somewhere, but a week from that Sunday on Sunday, February 28th, two weeks from tomorrow at Ohio State uh, in what's obviously a big game. The Thursday after that at Michigan in what's obviously a big game. The Sunday after that home against Wisconsin in what will obviously be a big game. Everything is out there for this team. It still is. It could all fall apart still, too. So um, it's it's in the balance. We'll worry about that when we get there. This was fun. This was a good day. Uh, celebrate this. Enjoy this. Stay inside. It's freaking cold. Uh, but enjoy this win. It's not often you're going to see Iowa beat anybody in the conference by 30, let alone Tom Izzo and Michigan State, and let alone do it on the road. A fun, fun day to be a Hawkeye It's always a great day to be a Hawkeye. Thank you so much for listening. Go Hawks.